Fabulous. With your hosts, lifelong friends, Stephanie Hogan and Kevin Loftus. This is our podcast where we talk about pop culture, true crime, life, and whatever we want. Everything is alleged. We will not be accepting cease and desist at this time. so much how's your week going this is kevin i this episode's a little bit late i usually try and post on tuesdays and we've been so good at that but um i was in laguna beach at the weekend with my parents which was so lovely and i actually had to work every day in the morning which honestly was really nice just doing like a couple hours from a coffee shop like i did great work and having my parents there like was actually kind of good because I couldn't faff around like I had to just like do an hour while they were getting their shit together and go meet them because like I don't know when they'll be back and everything like that but um it was super cloudy down there June gloom is real but it was really really lovely to get the time with them and like on Sunday we drove like they had to fly out Sunday evening they wanted to be at the airport for five so we left at like, you know, 11 a.m. and like drove up the coast the whole way and stopped at stopped at this gorgeous place um, in Newport for breakfast. Like the most, chill, I think it was called Mariner's Cafe, the most chill kind of dinery breakfast place, cheapest breakfast ever, sweetest servers. It's, it's Vietnamese at lunchtime, but it's just like classic American for breakfast. And they actually had like proper Irish sausages I don't, they weren't Irish, but like what you would get in Ireland rather than like the fat kind of fake thing that you often get in America, which is just so rotten. Um, So loved that experience, kind of place where you are in the kitchen when you're in the bathroom, you know. Um, But no, it was such a lovely day. And then we went to Balboa Island and my dad took a photo with the Ronald Reagan statue and yeah, drove all the way up through all the town, saw Long Beach, drove around the peninsula so my dad could see the golf courses and then got like coffee and a croissant in Hermosa Beach and then let them off and wanted to do some work or the podcast on Sunday night, but I just crashed totally. Um, and it's been a really busy week since then, but everything's been great. Um, and I miss them already, but I actually have some exciting things coming up with my family, which I'm sure we'll talk about another time. But um, yeah, so I wanted this. I'm, I'll get to the reason why we're doing this episode, but obviously you'll see it in the title anyway. But just to say while we're on the episode, the topic of posting and things like that, I have three re- tapings scheduled for Sunday with three different co-hosts and three really different exciting topics so that'll be really fun to see how it goes I'm kind of weak at myself because well it was a bit of a coincidence that they all scheduled for the same day but it's perfect because I'll just like get into the zone and go for it but I'm kind of weak because I feel like I'm on the view I'm a producer on the view and I'm trying to find a new co-host so to my 15 beloved listeners some of you will know what the view is the american ones the irish ones may not but the view is like 
the American version of Loose Women or just like a panel, a daytime panel TV show with women on it, right? Um, started by Barbara Walters, Joy Behar and a bunch of others and Joy is still on it. Whoopi Goldberg is now like the main host. Um, I, I adore every single woman on the panel that they have right now. But it's a very, the show is known for like every now and then the behind the scenes drama um, gets written about or like seeps onto the stage, which is so compelling. I mean, we all love this sort of, you know, daytime TV drama. It's just so, so good because these personalities are so interesting and how they're different when they're not on camera and whatever else. But um, and the gays really keep the view going like any any gay that I know that's like a little bit a little bit like into current affairs is obsessed with the view, including myself. But so anytime uh, they do, it's like a housewives show. They have to put a lot of thought and work into getting the right dynamic on the stage. They basically have a couple girls who have like mainstream political opinions, a couple girls who are more progressive. And then a couple like, or there's usually like one lead conservative and it can be really hard especially during the trump years to cast that conservative in particular because the the common ground as everybody knows between conservatives and progressive has just has just totally slipped as as the trump people have completely lost their grip on reality so that's been really really tricky typically the trump the conservative girl on The View is not like a hardcore Trump supporter, but will support him every now and then because, I mean, it's just impossible to because you wouldn't be able to engage in any discussion without like making it about something else. But long story short, now when they go to um, replace people, like I think for like a full year, almost like not too long ago, maybe a year ago, they just kept having guest hosts on, loads of great guest hosts. And not putting so much pressure on it and just being like, oh, we're like today's being guest hosted by this person. And this day's being like this week we'll have Anna Navarro for two days. Anyway, they ended up doing that for ages. They have ultimately made Anna Navarro, who is amazing. And she is Republican, but she's con- like traditional Republican. Um, they made her permanent co-host. And then, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of the other girl, but she's more of a, like a bit more of a hardcore Republican, but doesn't really defend Trump anymore. But she's actually kind of fabulous, I'm not going to lie. Like, she's definitely a respectable Republican, and there's, they're hard to come by these days. But she, like, again, so I just, they did, the, instead of what they used to do before, where they'd be like, here's the new, like, official co-host, and, like, it's a lot of pressure, and then, like, it doesn't work out, and they're, like, locked into these contracts. They just have, um, they have people come and, like, have fun and see, like, what works and what's interesting. So anyway, not to be so like holier than thou, because this is not the view. This has 15 listeners and I honestly might just keep doing it myself or like if everyone starts um, tweeting at Steph HH Ogan, maybe she'll come back the fuck on. But in the meantime, I'm just going to be a mix of me doing it by myself and having like a friend drop in here and there and thank you to everyone who has been like oh my god i want to come on and this one i want to talk about because it's so fun and there's more there's more people who will be so fun to listen to that are coming on so that's all i'm going to say on that right now
But okay, as you'll have seen from the title of this, this is the Britney episode. And I've been really reluctant to talk about Britney Spears at all on my podcast. And the reason is because this woman means so much to me. Again, everyone listening to this will know how much of a stan I am. But to put it into context for everyone, like Britney was my first, like Britney to me is the greatest pop star of, of our generation, maybe of all time. And you can at me, you can fight me on that. Like you're probably uneducated if you, if you disagree. Um, but like we can go head to head on it. Like I don't really care. I've, I have a lifetime of going head to head against people over Britney Spears. Like this was my full on childhood and was like a defining character of my of my personality for so many years because she represented like I fell in love with her first for the talent and the music and the personality and the beauty and everything else like that. But then when her personal life became so public to me and she represented everything, she showcased everything that was wrong with the world because people were so cruel and harsh to her and disgusting toward her and bullied her and brought her down and it just like really got under my skin and I was just like this is so wrong and weird and so like that just like really captivated me so I've been a fan of her ever since Baby One More Time so 1997 and have had my hair scalped or my wig scalped many a time in the playground um ever since people started replacing the lyrics of oops i did it again to oops i shit it again or i love rock and roll to i love toilet roll um fast forward to obviously the kiss with madonna and then the shaving of the head and the vma performance where everyone was calling her fat like i was there every day putting in the work defending our girl um and to this day, like, just, like, advocating for letting her be and, like, supporting her Instagram posts. And I, for the most part, enjoy them. So I just want to say that because I am going to talk pretty candidly about some possibilities of what's going on with her in this episode. And I just don't really want anyone, like, to get it twisted about how much of a fan I am. Because this sort of, there's a brewing story that's getting a little bit bigger, but it hasn't been that big. It hasn't really been as big as the bombshell ending of the conservatorship stuff. But basically, Kevin Federline, has a, who is Britney's ex-husband, who she has her two kids with, has, has, is accusing Britney Spears of being a user of crystal meth slash addicted crystal meth. He said he basically met with this documentarian about a year ago and taped a bunch of footage with her. Um, and Daisy did a tell-all on Brittany. And long story short, like, kind of tried to paint it like he, he was such a good guy and he just wanted to tell his story and his family's story and, like, protect his kids who were so embarrassed by what's going on. I can't, I can't even, like, I'm actually getting angry just thinking about it, but we're going to break everything down a bit more in a minute. But I'm just setting it up to say that this is what happened, what he did. And then when they started publishing the video clips and the articles based on 
what he had done with this journalist, Daphne Brack, the backlash was so swift and so severe because everybody's like, shut the fuck up, stop, stop, like, snapping at them, the hand that feeds you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like, calm your tits. Like, and if even if what you're saying is true, you're just taking advantage of her by doing this. Like, obviously, he was, play, he was paid a pretty penny, allegedly, for participating in that to begin with. So when that happened, he apparently, according to new reporting, tried to put a stop to the whole thing being published um, because he, like caught a brain cell and realized that it wasn't going to be a good look for him anyway, just like Jamie Lynn Spears in her stupid, stupid, stupid fucking book. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole fucking series. I mean, we could just do Britney Spears on this, but I can't because it's, it's actually genuinely heavy because it's so complex and you have to kind of get it right. That's actually why I'm so reluctant about it. It's not even people being like, oh my God, you're not a Britney fan or you're like or being wrong about something because I can obviously be wrong about things like we don't have all the information I'm only operating on the information that I have but it's that's the thing it's like I don't want to misrepresent what's going on with her because I obviously don't know I'm just speculating so anyway that was the background that was about a year ago but some of it got published but it seemed like some of it was pulled back and Daphne apparently the journalist who is seems pretty fucking slimy I'm gonna be honest but we'll we'll we're going to give everybody a bit of a fair wrap as we go through the pieces. I'm just introducing the characters here. But Daphne um, apparently also just kind of stopped reporting on Britney because she found um, the reaction of the fans just way, way, way too much. But not obviously enough to stop herself from publishing a big um, piece in the Daily Mail last week where she included Kevin Federline's quotes saying that Britney Spears is on meth um, and that he fears for his life, amongst many, many, many other things going on in there. Um, And essentially, very swiftly, Kevin Federline put out a statement via his lawyers. I was a bit surprised by this because he's been pretty aggressively anti-Britney recently, but he put out a a statement very quickly saying um, those, those quotes are completely false. Um we trusted this journalist and obviously we were wrong. Um, Something along those lines. And I was kind of like fair play, even if the quotes are not like, yes, like try and protect your family. You're not protecting Britney Spears or your family by doing this. You're just not, even if it's true. So I was kind of like, okay, that's, that's fine. And then Daphne and the Daily Mail were like, "Mm, no, like it was Daphne and like her cameraman and like a, crew who were all there and you said it clearly and several times so we're not going to retract the story and Britney Spears' lawyer Matthew Rosengart who's the one person that I trust in all of this also wrote to the Daily Mail to uh, to get them to retract the story and I believe they have declined so well obviously there's no proof that Britney is on meth or anything like that it's just that there is like nobody's going to deny anymore that Kevin Federer said it right which I'd just like to point out that he has not been, he obviously, it, like, I don't want to discredit him entirely. He was married to Britney Spears. They were in a relationship for, what, three years, have two kids together, were, have been involved for 20 years, whatever it is, coming up to 20 years. Um, but at the same time, their engagement in the last 15 years has been through 
handlers and intermediaries through their sons, occasionally going to like one of their sons' games together in person. Um, like I have no reason to believe that he's particularly knowledgeable about what's going on. And to be honest, those kids, like their behavior is kind of weird as well. And it seems like it might be learned more from him than her because it's similar to his in terms of the way they speak and how they are choosing to live their lives and things like that. And let's just say Kevin Federer has not had a steady job in 20 years. Um, and his wife, Victoria, is allegedly addicted to fantasy sports gambling, um, which we will get into, but that's just a tidbit of where we're going. So I just want to set up the players. Let's, so, and what I want to do is bring up a pretty interesting and hurtful article that I read today. Um, and just go through it and let's talk about what's in here and take some of it apart and discuss. But before we even get into that, I just want to say there's so much, like there's just ongoing conspiracy theories about Britney and I just think we need to set the record straight because in my mind as a Britney scholar, there's like four or five possibilities of what is going on with Britney and everybody seems to like lay off. So here's the first, I'm going to lay them out. Here's the first one, it, and it's that, like, Britney exited the conservatorship. She is deeply traumatized by a bunch of different things, and she's, she's struggling a bit, and this is all her process to, like, get to good health, personally, mentally, physically, and everything. And there's no reason to be alarmed because her expressing herself on social media and stuff and not really wanting to work like she used to and struggling with relationships with her family and friends because of her trauma and maybe being more reclusive. Like these are all things that I think are pretty fucking understandable considering, you know, all the abuse that she's received from the public and from people who are supposed to be close to her and protecting her. So like that's option number one. And I think that's what I'm hoping for. And if that's true, then I would hope that, you know, over time, we start to see her appear visibly even more healthy, but like at a minimum, hopefully it's, it's like maintaining, you know, the health, the current health that she has. Um, and obviously I think we just all need to remember as well that she doesn't owe us anything. She doesn't owe us looking perfect in public all the time. She does not owe me a new album, even though I fucking want it. Like, I think we just have to get over it. Like everyone just needs to stop with these ex expectations of what she's going to do. And I know it's like, it's really hard to do that and it's tempting, but like, just get over it guys. The second possibility is, is like building on the first one. And that's that she, that's the same situation basically. But like, there may be more abuse going on in her new circle um and there may be drug abuse of some sort going on by Britney herself like that's a possibility there's and like meth is like such a big bad word but like also just like get over it guys like this is Hollywood this is rock and roll like I hope she's not on meth I hope she's not struggling with addiction issues of course but also like, 
it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. There's been a lot of reporting that she's actually been, she's struggled with substance abuse of different sorts all of her life, which let's remind everyone that if that's the case, it would have been something given to her by her parents as a very young kid um, to help her keep working. Um, Let's just remember for a second that she started working before the age of eight, I believe. She was teaching aerobics classes in her father's gym. Then she got cast on the Mickey Mouse Club, a TV show that she was on for, I think, at least two years. Um, That would have, like, back in the days where TV was, like, several episodes, like, she probably did tens and tens of episodes for them. So it would be very common for her to be given something to keep working like an old Hollywood thing. She's also from the South. So let's remember how kids in the South are treated and what everyone's relationship to discipline is like, um, down there, it's very different. And like her, her parents coming from their own addiction and mental health issues are like very well documented in her whole family. She's posted some disturbing things about her uncle recently, kind of, kind of suggests that she's having a memory. This is pure speculation. But it's kind of suggests that she's having a memory of some kind of early abuse from this uncle. There's a lot going on. This was before she even got her recording contract age 15 and started flying back and forth to Sweden to make music and then blew up age age 17 publicly to become the biggest pop star in the world, which she has been, like it or not, for what? we're, We're more than 20 years now. We're are we 30 years We're coming up to 30 years of Britney Spears being one of the biggest stars in the world. And there's a lot of footage of her, you know, in in like the early days of fame, in in like the baby born time. Oops, I did it again. Britney eras where she's literally on top of the world. She's so talented. She's doing everything like it kind of makes sense if she was using some sort of something at that stage, because how the hell would she have gotten the energy for all of this? And I've read for years that she used to take sleeping pills at night because she was so anxious and this and that, like, um, and that was in the early days, right? So it kind of would make sense that something like that would then, could then escalate to other things, be it something that she uses for work and focus and things like that, or recreation. And I just think that's a possibility and that's like I don't there's no judgment in me there's no judgment in me toward her or to, toward anyone do you know what I mean like it's not a big bad secret if that's the case I hope it's not the case but like I just would love it just seems like such a helpless situation because it doesn't really seem like there's a strong support group around her but then also if you, you know, if you are a person who struggled so much in life and has these issues, you may reject a support system. Like that's part of, that's a really big part of the issue here. Um, and because of what she's just gone through with the conservatorship, a lot of people, myself included, like I kind of agree that she, she shouldn't be ha- like handled so severely and stuff, but let's So anyway, those are like, I think the two most plausible options of what's going on. And obviously I just hope that she is really well and 
gets better. I mean, there's also a possibility that she's just like chilling and doesn't give a shit and is just posting weird things. And like, I don't, I don't hate the posts at all. The posts are fine. The posts are great. I love her. I do just want to shout out to the weird conspiracy theorists who think that she is, is dead. Like, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, she's not a deep fake. Um, people change over time. The way their teeth are change, change over time. All of these random things that you're picking out in the videos, like, mm, that's kind of normal when you take a video, like, low qual. Like, just stop. You don't know what you're talking about. You haven't been a fan long enough. Like, you don't understand anything. She's obviously had changes to her appearance and different things happen over the years, which is pretty normal for anyone and totally all explainable. And like, I just, it's not even that it's so offensive. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm so sorry. And like, at the end of the day, none of us really know what's going on because the circle is so small. But like, if we're just making rational estimations based on the information that we have i'm pretty sure it's like one of it's gonna be one of the options that i've that i've mentioned here so following the article that came out in the daily mail by daphne barack with the weird allegations from kevin federline another journalist who goes by the handle House in Habit on Substack and on Twitter and probably other places posted a really interesting and thoughtfully written article about the whole situation and some new perspectives that this person had. Um, and that's about as positive as I can put it because the article is like an experience and I kind of enjoy that, you know, the girl totally sets the scene of like how she was planning this beach day with a friend in San Clemente that totally turned into something else because her friend is Daphne Barak and it was the day that this whole thing went published and then Daphne basically got a bunch of calls from lawyers and everybody about the whole thing and this journalist house and habit like shares more information about everything. So I think we're just going to get into it and discuss some of the insights in this article. So it starts out pretty much as a puff piece for Daphne Barak, the journalist that wrote the big piece in Daily Mail and had worked with Kevin Federline, um, House and Habit, who, whose real name is Jessica Reed Kraus. It's just like, oh, her stories have dominated the pages of The Sun and The Daily Mail for over two decades. Um, it's like, okay. So, what's in here? What's in here? What's in here? She basically is, is like, unfortunately, and in fairness to this journalist, Jessica Reed Kraus, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm going to pick apart, but, like, she's, I don't think this is malicious. This is, there's any malicious intent here. And she does say that she's rooting, rooting for Britney, but her main thing is, like, unfortunately, like, Britney post-conservatorship is not well and here's why and like the situation is just is dire the one thing i just want to say about daphne and i'm kind of, I'm, I'm like always i'm jumping all over here but like daphne barack is trying to paint herself out to be this like big official like respected journalist or whatever that's and it's just like i'm not saying she's not like i really don't know too much about her but like isn't rule number one of journalism don't become part of the story and Daphne Barak is is very much part of the story like 
it's like in the Trump years when the news would be coming, the leaks were coming so hard and fast and the news were coming so hard and fast that then the next news cycle is like when the Trump administration saw that news break, they all freaked out and did this. And it's like, we're making everything worse. You're becoming part of something that's like unfolding right now. It's kind of like, you know, there's implications of that. That's all I'll say. God, there's like a lot of blah blah in here um okay so i just want to talk about this one this <laughs> this piece about this is there's a paragraph here quote her mental illness is on constant display a steady and uncomfortable presence in our daily lives online we see her change clothes strut the room curse crude obscenities spin endlessly into the camera paired with angry erratic captions that show not the slightly hint of healing with zero social commentary to support or even acknowledge it, end quote. This is obviously by Brittany. Um, there's actually a lot of like weird typos in this article as well. So sorry to Jessica Reed Krause, but that's, that's the truth. Um, I just think there's a couple things going on here. Like, yes, we're, none of us are doctors, but like, sure, her, we've seen mentally ill people in our lives and on tv and stuff and for sure some of the things that britney does could be signs of a mental illness but i also just think like everybody needs to lay off she's spinning around in her fucking in her living room what's the big deal literally what's the big deal a lot of us enjoy it or like and even when she strips down her clothes my whole thing was just like well, can't you just, like, make an OnlyFans and make money out of it, Brittany? Because, like, you're giving everything for free. And I don't know what your financial situation is right now, but apart from that, I'm like, go for it. And, like, the thing about Brittany that's always been captivating is she has always had this provocative side to her, and she is actually an artist at core. So, like, I'm just not personally caring that much about that. Okay, so there's a little bit about Brittany's old friends from Louisiana who basically have said their friend Brittany who has disappeared from their lives in stages which is incredibly sad and something a lot of us have kind of picked up over along the way anyway a lot of her, our fans like we're like oh where's this girl they used to put they we, there used to be so many photos of them together hanging out at different times um it makes sense that they would become less close over time like their experiences are diverging so much and it's sad anyway, um, but they basically are saying like they, their numbers are all blocked now anyway. Um, and Brittany's husband, Sam, doesn't respond to anyone trying to reach him. And they were so concerned about her. They were like not even sure that she was alive, allegedly. And they were desperately trying to get any kind of video or FaceTime from her to check that she was okay. I mean, guys, like she's alive. Like, I, I think she's alive. I'm just, I can't even do it with that conspiracy theory. The girl is alive. But I can see how these, like, so sorry, but, like, less educated girls from the South could, like, hype themselves up about it. Lynn Spears, Britney's mom, apparently was so desperate to see Britney that she threatened to stalk the property or break a window just to catch a glimpse of her daughter. Um, ultimately, Lynn went for lunch with her last, like, two weeks ago. So, no worries there. The friends also say that Britney changed drastically after the last 2019 rehab stint. And this actually makes so much sense. And I think that that facility needs to be investigated because everybody involved has said that 
after 2019 rehab, like things were not the same, including Britney. Britney, a lot of the abuse that Britney talks about is from that rehab stint, which she was made to sit in a chair for certain hours on day and like do so much therapy all day long when all she had done was like lash out a little bit, if even during a rehearsal. Like nobody is alleging that anything else is going on with her, like, or at least not publicly. But I mean, regardless, like this is the whole thing with the conservatorship in general. There's an argument to be made and it's made in this article on House and Habit that like the conservatorship was well-intentioned to begin with. The people involved with establishing the conservatorship were concerned that Britney was in dire, in a dire state. And then over time, corruption, greed and ego crept in. And I tend to believe this version of events that that's what happened um and you know but it's just so disgusting how did they let it get from trying to help britney to to turning her into a literal slave abusing her mentally and physically i mean how do they how do they let it get there like it's their fault it's their fault if you're saying this person is so vulnerable and needs help she should not have been made to become your workhorse it's just so upsetting and then all of like her family especially the men in her family but her whole family you know claiming to be so fabulous and this and that it's so disgusting i can't deal so anyway um this article kind of repeats that like basically before right before therapy she'd been in touch with her old friends from home you know complaining about like or sorry during the therapy she was complaining about all or during the rehab stint, she was complaining about the hours long therapy sessions she was forced to participate in and this and that. And once she got out, like, um, that all stopped. Um, it doesn't really paint a good picture of Kate Hudson, who is her friend slash sort of unofficial manager. Um, they allege that he's behind her increased isolation he used to be with CAA, but I believe he, he allegedly got fired. It's been reported for having an inappropriate, an inappropriate relationship, I believe, with another colleague or another client. Um, but also he might have just left to work with Brittany full time. This article alleges that he's the one monitoring her phone. It's definitely a weird position to be in if you're supposed to be her friend, but you're supposed to be her manager, but she just says she doesn't want to work. So... Um, okay, and then there's a serious bit, you know, so basically when the conservatorship ended, there had been a woman involved in the conservatorship, Jodie Montgomery, who was like a professional carer for vulnerable people. And she advocated for Brittany and advocated for the end of the conservatorship and but also created a guideline plan for Brittany, including like recommending therapy and this and that. Um, which Brittany herself has said, you know, I do want therapy, just like not that much. Like I need a break sometimes. Um, apparently it's been alleged that not too long ago an intervention was planned by Jody, Sam and Cade and others. Um, and when it, when it failed, Jody resigned shortly after. Um, this article states that sources say she was the only one fighting for Britney's sobriety, sobriety, but gave up because it was too much to handle alone. And I can, I can see 
if this is true, why someone might do that, because obviously if you're fighting for someone's sobriety, you're afraid for their health and their safety. And if you've done what you feel is everything you can, like it's, it's such a hard situation to be in. Like, what are you supposed to do? So, you know, that's concerning. Um, so according to this article, Brittany's current routine is increasingly erratic. She stays up for days, hopped up on drugs, mix of prescriptions and energy drinks, which that could be anything, guys. And then she crashes and sleeps the rest of her week. She's angry and restless. Her demeanor described as stunted and childlike. Guys, like, we know this. This is so, like, this is known and, like, not necessarily that concerning. But, like, if it's a transitional phase, which it could be. You know? Um, building on that, she's sometimes overheard talking to herself or replaying old conversations on loop. Like, who doesn't do this? I'm literally doing this right now. She gets angry quickly. I mean, guys, she went... She's, like, traumatic. She's, like, she's traumatized. Like, this is fine. Um, Sam's role is to keep her happy. That's pretty obvious. Okay, this article alleges the fake pregnancy last year also went oddly overlooked. We all knew it wasn't real. This is the quote. We all knew it wasn't real, but congratulations poured in, followed by well wishes when the imagined miscarriage was later announced. We enabled the narrative, end quote. I'm so sorry, but, like, what's to say she wasn't pregnant for a few weeks? Like, how do you know that was a lie? Like, shut up. Like, nobody, literally nobody's going to know that except for her. So, goodbye on that. Um, a little bit more about her being a recluse, shopping online for cheap clothing. Like, let her be a recluse. Just hasn't she earned it? Her Instagram posts. So this, this is where, like, so I agree with some things here and I disagree with other things because then it's, like, her Instagram posts which are examined in excruciating detail by the internet um, are actually just like her being off the cuff and reposting whatever she thinks is cool and cute. And I totally agree it's the same. Like, I mean, it wouldn't be in anybody's interest. If anybody's trying to control her, they would be doing a much more like quote unquote normal Instagram presence. So I do think it's just her and this is just what she likes and we can all just get over it. Okay, and now we're on to the sons. I mean... There's a piece here, there's a line here, it just kind of bothers me, and it says, of everyone involved, the boys are rarely considered as the biggest victims in this scenario, which, that just kind of annoys me, because, like, any time that anybody ever talks about Britney's situation, it's followed by those poor boys, those poor boys, like, everybody knows that they're innocent in this, and everybody hopes that they have the best, so we don't need to, like, really harp on it too much. Um, and also this whole thing, quote, they're living with the humiliation of their mother's public antics, end quote. Like, your mom is an icon and she's, like, changed the world and touched so many people's hearts. And if she shows her fucking tit on Instagram, maybe grow a pair and become someone, like, with character that, like, just, like what do you value? There's better, there's so much better things to value in someone's character, like rather than valuing like a mother who like wears a full length dress and brings you to church on Sunday. Like that's, that's so superficial and hopefully will build character in them and they won't be resentful of that. But let's get to the interesting part. Like Kevin Federline receives $40,000 a month from Brittany 
But according to Daphne, who spent a couple months t- taping with him for this documentary, they Kevin rents a rundown property in Calabasas littered with dog poop, no dining table, plastic plates, no flowers, no silverware, nothing to show for the $40,000. Apparently, the $40,000 was supposed to contribute to a trust fund for the boys. There's no evidence of a trust fund ever been set up. The family is wondering where the money is going, if not to her sons. And that's where it's alleged that Kevin Federline's wife, Victoria, is addicted to fantasy sports. And that's where all the money is going. And this is just so disgusting. So Kevin Federline, now the boys are almost 18. It's going to, the the payments are going to stop. That is allegedly why they're moving to Hawaii. They just decided to move to Hawaii. They said that Victoria got a job at the university there. She has like a cousin or a family member at the university, allegedly. But allegedly she got a job offer there. And they're all going to move to Hawaii. And it's been approved. Brittany had to like officially approve it because whatever. And... It's alleged that the reason they're doing this is because in Hawaii, child support has to keep going until the kids are 23 if they're in college or something like that. So basically, they can keep the money train coming in, which is so disgusting. So it's just really disgusting that Kevin Federline, who everybody, the, the narrative now is like, wow, at least at least the kids have Kevin Federline. He seems like a really good dad after all this. It's like, mm, no, there's no angels in this story. And he may not be an awful person but he's certainly squandered all the money that he's been given they could have bought a goddamn home each of those two kids should have a home forty thousand dollars a month they should have they should have a family home and those kids should have homes that they are renting out and that they can move into when they want to settle down with their families they should have money in the bank to go to college they should have all these things. Now, obviously, they still have Brittany. Maybe if they go and said hi to her, she'll pay for whatever they want anyway. But, like, this is just so disgusting to me. And the new wife having an addiction is just unfortunate. I mean, I don't want to hear about anyone having an addiction. But, like, let's not, like, look down on anyone else then. Because it seems like Victoria may have, like, some issues with Brittany, seeing as she, like... She's alleging, in quotes, she's saying that, like, Jaden, the youngest son, gets his musical talent from Victoria, not Brittany. I mean, shut up, Victoria. Like, you're never going to be their parents, and you're never going to be the main focus here. So, yeah, that's a little dark and sad, but everybody always asks me what's going on with Brittany, and that is what it is for right now but hopefully we'll get some good news soon and I don't know if I'll be talking about this again very soon but there's some lighter episodes we're making on Sunday but let me know if you have any questions on this or thoughts or reactions I better go do my goddamn work But I'll try and get this out tonight. Love you so much. Bye. 
Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. This has been Allegedly Fabulous with Kevin Loftus and Stephanie Hogan. Please give us a rating and review. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear your take. You can follow us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere. That's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. On Twitter, we are at Allegedly Fab. And you can get me at Kevin T. Loftus, K-E-V-I-N-T-L-O-F-T-U-S. And Stephanie is at Steph Hogan, S-T-E-P-H-H-H-O-G-A-N. Thanks, Emil, and see you next time.